I, I've not got a lot to say, and I'm really tired as well. And I don't know whether it's the fact that I've had too much caffeine, or whether it's adrenaline, or whether it's just the unction of the Holy Spirit that's keeping me going. I'd like to believe it's the uh, latter. <laughs> but can I just say that um, I want to honour the, the team that took the young people to closer and served them. And, and um, so, Church, can we honour them that, that, that served so willingly and made themselves available whoa, over the course of the weekend? And um, uh, those young people that went, I know there's a whole bunch that aren't here because I bet when their heads hit the sofa when they got home, they've still not stirred. But those that are here, I wonder if we can honour by uh, g- giving a round of applause to the church that have supported us in prayer and finance and re- releases to go. Fantastic. Can, can I just encourage you that um, the young people, six places were paid for to go. And all those places were filled with young people that got saved. Woo! Hey, isn't that amazing? Come on. That does something to me, that does. Wow. I just want to share some thoughts from um, the book of Two Kings. If you've got your Bibles, you might want to follow me. And when we're going to go into a time of, of communion. But I really feel this is something that um, leads us into communion nicely. And it's just really a few thoughts that was bumbling around in my head on Thursday night that I shared with the young people. And uh, Two Kings chapter 13, verses 20 it's a really unusual story in the Old Testament, but I really believe that it holds something for us as a church uh, in this area today. And if, if you want to follow me, that's fantastic. Then Elisha died and was buried. We're off to a great start. We're all feeling encouraged. <laughs> Groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. Once when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. So they hastily threw the corpse, that's a nice thing to do, into the tomb of Elisha and fled. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. That's not something you see every day, is it? Not even broadcastable, I don't think, on TV or news. This is a pretty unusual story, but I really want to talk for a few minutes about um, lasting legacy. A lasting legacy. I mean, this is obviously Elisha, a prophet, man of God, a mouthpiece for God in his generation. He died, he passed away, and he must have been di- died a while because his body had decomposed. We read in the story that it was just his bones that remained. And we read that the raiders were on their way to steal off the Israelites and they threw this dead body. Why would you do that into a tomb? I guess they did it because you'd expect. You wouldn't expect to find Tim posing like that on the platform. <laughs> you can't, when you're on the platform, Tim, you can't do things like that discreetly. Oh dear me. I did it again, I've lost my place. Well, I guess in some ways you would be thinking, oh, where's the best place to throw a dead body into a tomb of a dead man? That's a normal kind of place where you'd place a dead body. But I bet these guys weren't expecting this to happen, that the guy they threw in, the dead corpse, came back to life. Incredible. But what we read is that there's a lasting legacy of God's influence in this man's life. Elisha was a man of God. His life was so permeated with the power and presence of God, full of the Holy Spirit, 
that actually, even when he died, his very bones, the core of him, was still full of the Holy Spirit. So much so that this dead body, this corpse, jumped back to life. Oh, yeah, I'm with you, Nettie. Whoa. There is, in death, even breakthrough with life. And Elisha wasn't just some dead religious relic, but he left a lasting legacy. That's almost a tongue twister, so I'm not going to say it again, because it came off the top of my head. I can't remember what I just said. I should have wrote it down. But, you know, church is never meant to be some kind of religious relic, but something Adrian spoke on before about influence and leaving a lasting legacy for further generations. Church, I really believe that we are planted in this area to leave a lasting legacy and to be an influence upon our community. And um, just as Elisha's dead body, his bones brought life to that corpse, you know what? I really believe that God wants us to bring life into situations. So encouraged this weekend. You see, this is the power of the gospel message. People hear it and they still respond to it. People hear it and still respond to it. Life. Life and hope and destiny released in these young people over the course of this weekend. Because we haven't got a dead gospel of a dead saviour. We've got a living gospel message. A powerful gospel message with a living saviour who isn't placed in the tomb but he's alive forevermore. Amen? And church, I really believe that we can be a people in God's kingdom that leave a, a lasting legacy. Because God has brought us to life. God has brought us to life and where our influence actually goes beyond what is natural and pushes through into areas that are supernatural. The gospel is a supernatural message. You can't get your head around it. It's hard to work out. It's a message of hope and life and destiny and, and it's a message and it holds a promise for us for eternal life. See, Jesus rose from the dead to bring us to life, not to keep us dead. Dead boring, isn't it, church? Dead boring. No. I... Great tonight, just, I'm glad to be in a church that's alive. And that's just what he's called us to be. And, and Jesus himself is the ultimate lasting legacy of life. Some 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross. We heard it afresh this weekend. Rose to life, conquered death, conquered sin. And left a legacy for us to walk in life and fullness. And he draws us into his life. We read that the grave couldn't even hold him down. Jesus is alive. And it reads in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, that the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. And John wrote, 1 John 3, 14, it says, We have passed from death to life. Church, we, we have an eternal hope. We have a life to take hold of. Can I tell you two quick stories that I shared on Thursday about two dogs? Hands up if you've got a dog. It's all about cats. It's all about cats. <laughs> I've got a cat. Um, two stories of dogs that you might appreciate, but I uh, just want to draw something from this. There was, a, there was a dog called Dorado who worked with his owner on the 71st floor of one of the Twin Towers. His owner was a, a blind guy, I think his name was Omar, but Dorado would lead uh, his owner to work every day, go up the lifts to the 71st floor, and he'd stay by his side all day until it was time to go back. And on the day, uh, on 9-11, that terrible day, 
The owner was sat at his desk with his uh, Dorado sat at his feet. And when he felt the intensity of the heat, the crashing around him, the screams of people, he knew that he wouldn't make it as a blind man. So he did something uh, and, and he pushed, he nudged his dog Dorado away from him and said, go, 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 go. And his dog disappeared and, and really his owner knew that he faced a certain death within those twin towers that day on the 71st floor. A few moments later, the, uh, the owner, Omar, I think his name was, felt a nudge on his leg as he was still sat at his desk just expecting death. His dog Dorado had come back, fought through the people that were trying to get down the staircase, came back to his owner, nudged him and led him down, the 70, down those 70 flights of stairs to outside where the Twin Towers then crashed down. His dog led him to safe place and He's alive because of that dog. Incredible story. Incredible true story of a, of a dog that didn't want to see his owner die and came back for him and brought him to, led him to life. There's another story of a grey-fried Bobby. Anyone heard of that dog? Oh, some of you have. And the story goes that this owner died, the owner of uh, this dog, I think it was 100, 200 years ago. Stand corrected on that. It was a while ago anyway, before my time. My dad might all remember it. Um, but the, the owner died and was buried in a graveyard. And apparently, as the story goes, this dog stayed at the graveside of his owner for some 16 years until he died. Until the dog died. It, this dog lived off the scraps of, that people would uh, throw to it. Passers by would throw this dog uh, scraps just to keep it alive. And uh, such a difference in those two stories about dogs. But one, one dog led someone to life. And the other one camped at a place of death. And lived off scraps. Church, I really believe that there's something in this for us to take hold of. That as a... As Christians today, as an active church in this area, that God wants to use us to draw people into life and lead it. God, God never intended for us to lift off the scraps of life, of life and to be camped at death and be a dead, boring Christian, but actually to discover life through Him and purpose and lead others to that place that we've discovered as well. Influencing others, leading others to life in Christ. We, we talked at the weekend about um, life in overflow. I know this is something that Adrian had spoke on before, but, but um, Paul in the Bible um, had faced death many, many times. And we read his account of all that they'd been through, shipwrecks and beatings and whippings and st- attempted stonings and attempted to be thrown off cliffs, all sorts of terrible things that he'd faced. And even in the face of death, um, we read that he knew life through Christ. He knew life through Christ. Even at the point of death, he decided not to stay camped at that place, but actually to live a life that Christ had called him to. And, you know, uh, we can camp by death in so many ways. It might be that there's um, bitter things, things that we're bitter about, or unforgiveness, and we've decided to stay in that place and not move away from it. It's a place of death. Let's just say that unforgiveness and bitterness is a place of death. Place something dies within you when you remain bitter and unforgiving. It, it could be in relationships, relationships that are totally draining you of your relationship with Jesus. It's a place of death. It's a place of death. Things that we're influenced by in our own lives that um, aren't necessarily good for us. 
We can stay camped in those places or walk in the fullness of life that, that God has got for us. You see, Paul wrote this, even in the midst of all those things that he went through, he said that he overflows with joy in the face of suffering. He lived in the overflow because of who he was filled with, and that's the Holy Spirit. Church, I want to encourage us tonight as we come around the communion table. And sorry, the band's probably just got comfortable, but we're going to have time communion now. So. But as we come to communion tonight and remember exactly what Jesus did for us in dying on the cross for us, shedding his own blood, his body torn apart for our sakes. Let re- let's remember that he, he didn't stay on the cross or in a tomb, but he broke through. And came back to life and is a living saviour today. And we can come rejoicing and in remembrance of all that Jesus has done. But in the knowledge as well that he's a living saviour. who wants to bring us to that place of life tonight. This could be your first time with us tonight or you've been many times. But if you want to respond to Jesus in the life that he offers. I I want to encourage you to come and talk to me or Adrian and. Sally or Annette, maybe one of the youth leaders that you've seen speaking tonight, come and talk to us about what it means to have life in its fullness through Jesus Christ. And we'd gladly talk to you. But tonight, as we come around communion, let's be released from those things that would hold us back from relationship with him. Let's determine in our hearts not to camp at a place of death, a bitterness, unforgiveness. The Bible says that as we come and take communion, let's examine ourselves. Let's see where we are in our life. But let, let's not camp in those places. Let's move on into the fullness of all that God has got for us. So Lord Jesus Christ, thank you. The, the, you said that this is something that we can do. Take communion in remembrance of you. We remember your body that's given for us. Remember the cup of the new covenant between God and us his people. An agreement confirmed with his blood. And we do this in remembrance of you. Lord Jesus, just thank you that you, you died a, a death of anguish and pain and suffering so that we can be released from death and anguish and suffering in our life and eternity. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your death brings us life. And your resurrection means that we can have life in its fullness. Just pray that as we consider this tonight, consider what life is in you, that we would be a people who leave a lasting legacy in the life of others and influence upon this town, this area. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask if um, those that are going to serve us would just come out and uh, just want to invite them out to come and serve us. We're going to have a time of communion and the coffee house is going to be open around about quarter, uh, quarter past, that's now, half past seven. If it's your first time with us, you're entitled to a, a free drink there. But uh, I pray that this isn't, won't be a place tonight where, where we feel that we've got to rush away, but actually, um, but this is a place where actually we can feel free to soak in God's presence and just seek God for our own lives and ask questions and be prayed for. Some ministry team are going to be available afterwards too pray with anyone that wants to come forward for prayer but church let's just have a time of communion we want i want to invite you to come to the front (laughs) sorry and maybe you want to come as an individual or as friends or a family but i want to encourage you just to come to the front and join with us in communion
right now. In Jesus' name, amen.